everyone, my name's Jenna. And I'm Mark. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to another episode of Cincinnati Zoo Tales. We're really excited to have all you listeners tuned in today because we've got a great episode lined up. We're being joined by our volunteer enrichment coordinator, Jen Moormeyer. Jen runs our incredibly talented, amazing staff of volunteer enrichment committee that makes some of the wildest enrichment items you've ever seen. I don't know where you guys come up with this stuff. I'm really excited to hear your perspective of it, but thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Mark said staff, but I want to point out that you are a group of all volunteers, which makes it even more impressive because you're so dedicated and so talented and get so many things done. And I mean, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but we can depend on you guys to get things done quicker than some of our paid staff (laughs) when we need something fixed or or done. That's because we don't have any other responsibilities. (laughs) We're not pulled in all different directions, so it makes it easier. Of course, but you guys do all sorts of things. Um, So the volunteer enrichment um, volunteers basically help us with animals and their enrichment all over the park and everything from like perching that our birds sit on and um, nest on and that sort of thing to paper mache, which I think is where you guys got your start. Um, so we'll go into a little bit more about what you guys do as a group, as the volunteers that run the enrichment um, program. But I think you have an interesting background. I want to hear what your background it is, and then also maybe just explain how you got into becoming a volunteer. So anyone listening might have um, more of an idea of what they could do if, if there's openings at the zoo in any area for volunteering. Well, my background's in education, so I taught science, computer science, and gifted. So I taught technology and gifted, and so um, did that for a number of years. I was a teacher in Reading Community Schools. Hello, Reading people. <laughs> and uh, so uh, from there, uh, went into a county office and coordinated um, programs for all the county schools in Hamilton County and did technology and then uh, actually got hired at the state level by Governor Bornovich to help implement the technology throughout the entire state. So I'm dating myself because you guys probably weren't even born when this (laughs) happened. Uh, But basically this was on the World Wide Web and computers in the classroom and so uh, helping school districts purchase their first computers in the classroom and actually connect to the web and so forth. That's so cool. So we actually had the program where we implemented the uh, internet through all the schools. So the the state had a grant for every school to be able to um, put the infrastructure in to have internet and computers in the classroom. And so my role uh, at the state level was to help school districts deploy that and train teachers. Uh, to do that. So we had training throughout the state and helped write all that curriculum and uh, training programs for that. So it was a lot of fun. So we did a lot of unique things and because we had so much money in the state of Ohio, Apple and IBM and all that, they were kind of whining and dining us. So like I saw for the the, the Apple phone before it even came no out. No way. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So, you know, so Cupertino and saw some of those things. So it was pretty cool. So, That's really cool. And I, my first question like right off the bat is Okay, and I don't mean this to date you, or I don't, I guess I just don't understand. (laughs) Mark knows I'm terrible with history and numbers and what year it is, but like, when you say you were teaching technology before the internet came around, like what kind of, how did you you know about it? you had computer discs. I mean, it was one of those big five inch by five inch computer discs, and it was just really programming, so it was like, it was almost like follow the dots to draw a picture, so you do pixels. Okay. And so it was kind of computer code, basic programming is what it was called back then. And so you didn't have, you know, uh, CD-ROM. A good example is the CD-ROM when we first went training and computers came out with CDs and the tray pulled out 
I mean, this is true. Teachers thought those were coffee cups because oh, no. there were no CDs at the time. Oh, no. So what's really intriguing is, is Michelle Curley here, who's our director of communications, um, she and I um, worked together here at the zoo. We gave the zoo a grant. The state of Ohio gave the zoo a grant, and I was coordinating those grant dollars, and so came down to help them write the first C- one of the first CD-ROMs in the, in the state of Ohio. It was on the bald eagle. We still have it. I still have it. It still works. <gasps> and so, yeah, so it was really kind of cool. So Michelle at that time worked for a software company, so she was the coder. So we sat down with your team here and did a CD-ROM that then we burned, the state of Ohio burned for all the school districts in the state of Ohio. Wow. So, that yeah. is incredible. Well, that's yeah. incredible. Not only just like that you're tied to the zoo, you and Michelle are both tied, but it had nothing to do, do with, with working for the zoo. No, yeah. no. So when we, I was in a meeting with Michelle and we're both looking at each other like going, I know. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Yeah. So in that coincidental. Yeah. What made you interested in technology? So I get like it makes sense that people like know about teaching and becoming a teacher. Did you want to be a teacher more or did you want to work with technology more? Did you, like- well, when technology came up, okay, it was like it was like an Apple computer or was I can't even remember the other computer that they don't make anymore, but it was the big disc that you put in and so forth. And nobody had the skill check, but all the schools needed somebody. I was the only one on staff that had a computer course. And back in the day, the computer course was with the cards that you put in a shoebox for the big mainframe computers. I don't know if you've seen those pictures of, you don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so you're looking at me. You should see their faces, people. You lost you me. You me. lost me on that there one. There used to be big cards in that in you put those in the machine and it would code like little dots on the card and it would code out and you'd have your box of cards for your program and then you came out with rolls of sheets of cards and stuff so I ended up getting a master's degree in uh, computer technology so I have a degree in that but yeah so that's how I got into that so I was picked because I was the only one that the administrators were looking for somebody that had some kind of back and I was the only one I think on staff that had any kind of which didn't even equate because they didn't make those cards anymore so it didn't even <laughs> match up but it, it sounded good so I was like okay you know I'll try it you know. were you interested in so, that do you still well, like yeah. technology oh yeah, yeah yeah are you good with so, it like you're probably better than I am um I can do pretty much anything we're getting a 3d printer that's awesome oh, that's for us here so, so for cool. us here we're gonna do 3d printing here amazing Richmond. so That'd to answer cool. the question she's better than both of us yes. with technology <laughs> yes, for sure so, mark and i are like we can use outlook for email i can type a word document and if you're lucky i might be able to use excel for like something yeah like send a meeting yeah. request that's dicey i don't know <laughs> there's an app okay i can i can figure out how to yeah, open so that our but. richmond team we're gonna do 3D printing and print out some cool stuff for university. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. So, so that's incredible. Your back, your background in technology. But what got you interested and in, involved in the zoo? Like, at what point did the zoo come into this? Well, I taught science, so my background is science. So I've always had that background. Okay. And you know, as a kid, we traveled all throughout the United States to all the, the national zoos and camped. So we camped all over the place mm. in tents, not you know. A, a, a trailer camper or, anything, or camper yeah. anything. We camped. We were, you know, and we did that throughout the whole United States. So I was just kind of in the background. And I started in horticulture here because I love gardening and worked in the horticulture team and just happened to be in the hallway with Molly at the time who was oversaw all the um, volunteers. 
And that was when AZA, I guess it's been like maybe nine years ago, where AZA required everybody to do enrichment, and everybody kind of went, what's that mean, and what does that look like? And so they were talking about it kind of in the hallway, and I was standing there um, with Molly, and she goes, well, we could probably have volunteers do it. And I said, sign me up. I said, I don't know what it is, but I'll be happy to help. And that's kind of how it got started. So we started with paper mache. Yeah. That's what we started with. Right place, right time. So, yeah, it's kind of right place, right time, and, yeah. So that's how I have a started. random question. What was your favorite zoo growing up, since you saw so many of them? Oh, my favorite zoo? Yeah. Probably here. Probably really? Okay. Mm -hmm. And did you grow up here in Cincinnati? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, well, I lived out east, too. Okay. Well, yeah, so Bronx Zoo was the other one. Okay. Yeah, I've heard great we things to. about yeah. Bronx, mm -hmm. yeah. And then... Did you start volunteering with the horticulture department while you were still working or when you retired? No, when I retired. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so you just lucked into this enrichment part. Or not lucked into it, but like... It was kind of the right place at the right time, and Molly was standing there, and she's like, well, do you think volunteers can do it? I said, I'll be happy to help. Tell me what you want. <laughs> and nobody really knew. There wasn't any really direction, and other zoos were struggling as well. It's like, what does this mean? What does this look like? You know, what can we do? What, you know, what do we need to do per the requirements and so forth? And so then it evolved from there. So that, we started with paper mache. That's funny because that story sounds about like every experience I've ever had working with you with, I'll be happy to help. Like, <laughs> I don't know exactly what it is or exactly what I'm doing, but I'm happy to help. I'll, I'll make you some crazy enrichment. Like, yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> Always willing to try for yes. sure. So we, I want to tell everyone, we've talked about it many times in episodes, What we've talked about enrichment, but like to clarify what enrichment is, it's anything in different, all different forms that basically stimulates an animal to do natural behaviors, gets them up and active, gives them something to explore, keeps them busy, um, just overall makes their environment and their lives better and gives them something to do on a really yeah. simple level. So... Um, an example that you might have seen are like puzzle feeders, big barrels we hang in the giraffe yard where they stick their tongue in and they have to forage for food because in the wild they would be spending hours a day using their tongue to pluck leaves out of trees and bark off of trees. And of course, we wouldn't have any living trees to provide shade for a giraffe <laughs> if we let them just eat all of the trees in the habitat. So we provide that same behavior in a different form. Uh, you might have seen our lion John with a giant you know, 200 pound toy that he pushes around and it's, we call it a weeble wobble and it comes back. Um, so that's something that's made and we order or like the meerkats, we give them things to dig bugs out of something simple, like a pile of mulch with bugs sprinkled in it. So those are all different types of enrichment. Um, we do scent enrichment, we do perfumes and spices and essential oils and things like that. So Jen's team does all the things that they can make something that can be made for our animals. Um, so you talked about paper mache, and I know there's a funny story behind that, how you started, I don't know if it's funny, it might be frustrating, but you were making paper mache in the most humid area of the zoo. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, what are you talking about here? <laughs> um, when we first started, we, we didn't really have a space, and so um, we were in the rainforest, which is about 90 degrees. And it's, if anybody's been down in the rainforest at the zoo, you're all familiar with that, with the pathways and the walkways. But there's also classrooms, so you have a lot of kids running around. So, so you had to be very careful where you put anything, setting up, taking down, and you couldn't leave anything out. So you pretty much, whatever you started, you had to finish at that time. Well, in 90-degree weather, paper mache doesn't do really well, mm -hmm. and so it's a little tricky. Plus, there's a lot of 
cartridges down there. <laughs> so you'd have some of that around. And uh, so, yeah, it got a little tricky. And then uh, I remember one time we did uh, big balloons, so they were the 25-inch ones, and we thought, oh, we'll dry them faster if we put them outside. So we thought, we'll take them outside because it's too humid in here, and we put them outside and we went to lunch. When we came back, it was hot that day, so it was in the 90s outside as well, but the sun was hitting it, and they ex the balloon expanded. When you make paper mache, it's a balloon, and then you put paper, it's flour and water and paper, for those that aren't familiar with paper mache. And we... Had cut, had it covered, and then it just split open, and they were all, they were all split open, and they all fell apart. So all the ten that we do, we all just looked at each other, and went, okay, lesson learned. You know, won't do that again. So yeah, so but yes, yeah, so. it wasn't an, an ideal atmosphere. No, not an ideal atmosphere. Mo and was down there. You got to hang out with the slug oh, a little bit Mo while you're down there. McCall, but yeah. yes, uh, so. But you guys now have your own space, and it's the like coolest place ever as far as painting goes. Have you been down there yet, Yeah, Mark? down oh the city gosh. barn, yeah. yeah. And you volunteers so, painted it, right? Yeah. It looks yes. like realistic animals like climbing all over the walls and stuff. So, well, we were fortunate because Christina, our director of animals here at the zoo, she you know, said, we got to find you a better place. Yeah. So we finally found this spot down at City Barn, and those that are not familiar with City Barn, City Barn's one of the barns. Uh, throughout Cincinnati where they did the trolley cars back in the day with the horse and buggy trolley cars. So this is an old barn. I didn't horse even and know that. Yeah, horse and, trolley, horse and trolley uh, cars were kept down there with wow. the horses. So they're horse stalls, the old horse stalls. And so from that, so that was back in the day, like 18, maybe 40s, 50s, back in that time frame. And that's how everybody traveled around. There were three city barns, I think, here in Cincinnati. Oh. Yeah, so, um, and I'm not sure where the other two were, but so this then... From that, uh, I think one point it was a police department, and then another um, another time it became the bird quarantine area. Uh, and so then there was a room there that had where all our festival lights were kept oh, yes. for the ceiling festival <laughs> lights, right? Millions of them. And they said, well, this will be your space. And at that point in time, I'm standing with crates of festival of lights, and there was only maybe a two-foot aisleway. I just went, okay. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Well, when they cleared it out, it's an enormous size workshop, and it's really, really terrific. And so maintenance was very gracious, and they set up our tables and so forth and used old wood, so it wasn't wood necessarily that they could use anywhere else. And then we went in and painted it up, and we put animals of each department up on the walls. Yeah, you guys put your own stamp yep. on the place for sure. sure. yeah. <laughs> And so in the last, like, nine years, you started with paper mache, but you guys have done incredible things. Tell us a little bit about your team and, like, the different roles people play and some of your favorite things you guys have made or more complicated or... Well, we have a great team of people. There's 24 members, volunteers on the team. Some people still work, so they work on Saturday. So I think people here at the zoo think we work 24-7, which we don't. Uh, we only do three days a week, Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays from 9 to noon. Now, there'll be extra times if there's extra events people need assistance on and so forth. We'll come in extra time and so forth. But that's pretty much our shifts that we work. And so people come in, and uh, when we first started, they didn't even know how to make paper mache. And I said, don't you remember third grade? <laughs> I said, don't you remember that? And they're all looking at me like, what? And I said, oh, you'll be good. So their first paper mache ball it took them probably like an hour to make one paper mache ball, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we'll never get anything done. <laughs> and now they're really good. They can crank out in an hour. They can crank out about 40 balls in an That's hour. That's a huge difference. So a huge difference. <laughs> so, well, they were being very meticulous because, oh, yeah. 
you know, I always stress safety and, and, and we wear gloves because, you know, sanity and the sanitation and all that. So disinfecting. So we're really prime in that area. So I'm always focusing on that. So they're very careful. Put, and I say, guys, come on, pick it up a little bit. Now. <laughs> and so now they can really crank out the paper mache really nice. So, um, so we started with paper mache, but actually, um, our first device, how we got started was with one of our rhinos and they had asked for help because they were having some behavior issues and they thought a rhino feeder would work. And so they said, hey, could you make a rhino feeder? And I said, okay, what would that look like? (laughs) I said, what exactly are you talking about? And they said, well, we don't really know. And then they kind of talked about it, a PVC feeder with some holes in it. So then I was like, okay. So I went online, did some research from all over the place and kind of figured out I said okay is it something like this and they go oh yeah that'll work so I don't think anybody even really had any thought of what that might be but they needed something so at that time we didn't have any tools we didn't have anything we were just doing paper mache so I went to Lowe's and got a six inch diameter PVC but they were only 10 foot lengths so I have it sticking out of my car oh, <laughs> So, you know, I cut it at home and cut it down and everything and put it together at home and then brought it in. I said, okay, will this work? And they go, oh, this is great, and it worked great. And that's how we got into the other kinds mm. of devices It's from that start. I didn't know that was the so, first one. I didn't know that either. Yeah, so that was our first one. So it was our first feeder. And then from that, um, it kind of evolved into other devices. And people started asking for some other things. And then we started, you know, weaning into um, different areas. Yeah, so the paper mache is fun for animals that like to tear things up or push things around. So our vultures love to tear paper mache. Um, some carnivores, if you can trust them not to eat the newspaper, you can <laughs> stuff it with meat and then they can tear it apart. So it's kind of a natural behavior of tearing into something to get to the meat. Um, or we can, you know, put bugs in it for the meerkats and they roll it around and the bugs fall out. So paper mache is something simple, but that's been helpful. And then you guys do all sorts of things like the PVC feeders. Um, you're even growing um, basically grass. We call it fodder, but... Um, it's grass without dirt because you want the all of the uh, roots. Oh, yes. Okay, so uh-huh. it's really pretty and it's like the most beautiful grass yeah. and you want to, it like makes you want to touch it. And um, so they grow that for our It animals. almost looks fake. Like it it <laughs> it's so pretty. Um, so you guys are doing all sorts of things. Some things that people may have seen if they've been to zoo events are now like these magnificent paper mache animals you make. So you aren't just doing paper mache yeah. shaped like balloons anymore. You're doing zebras and snowmen and what else have you done? Gazelle? Done gazelles, warthogs, done uh, rabbits. We've done, for Halloween, the spiders and witches. Oh, yeah, those yeah. are fun. Pumpkins. And so, yeah, a wide variety now. So we're, we're pretty good at it. We did for uh, Zufari when it was uh, the Alice in Wonderland theme. We did all the Alice in Wonderland characters um, out of the paper mache. So yeah, I remember we fun. gave the meerkats that Cheshire cat. Right. And for Jen to say, quote unquote, we're pretty good at it is like the understatement of the century. <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I wish we could like pop up a picture on your it phones right now. Incredible. Like we just gave the, the painted dogs in Richmond on Sunday, a six foot tall snowman that is three levels with arms, a nose, a hat. There's a ribbon around his hat. Well, quote unquote ribbon. The ribbon's made out of paper mache. You know, it is, <laughs> Some of the most incredible artwork I've seen. Like, it is wild. Yeah, so if you've ever been to an event and you see that, that is done by volunteers, which is just amazing. And yeah. one of my favorites is, I don't know if you remember this, 
but not this year, but last year for Amir Cat Santana's birthday. <laughs> we, That's a good one. It was, oh, it's the best thing ever. Um, it was basically, we called it an old man recliner. And oh, it was this, that. I mean, it wasn't meerkat size, technically, like, I could have sat on it. It was huge, <laughs> but we got Santana up there, and it had, like, a little coffee mug and a newspaper hanging yeah. over the arm of the chair, and it was incredible. So, lots of fun like that for birthdays. You guys are the ones who have painted uh, the walls for Fiona's birthdays in the past, if you've seen the unicorn painting or the apples or... Um, the Zoo Babies was probably the most intricate one right, you guys have done. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Jen's team does that. So you have painters, you have people that do paper mache, but you also have like specialty people too. We right? have, um, we have um, people that are pretty really good with construction. Okay. So uh, their deal is, is you know, they want to build it like you're building a house or a barn, but it's not that way because it's something that's never been built before. And I said, okay, you can't exactly do it that way because that's not safe for the animals. So we've got to do it this way. And they're going, huh? <laughs> and so, so it's a little tricky because it's not the normal way you would build something sometimes. Mm. Um, so we have construction people. We have art people. Uh, we have people that came in and just really didn't have any art skill at all but you know baby steps and now they can do you know some standard things and you just let them go and you know take off with it and uh but i'm pretty meticulous when we first started they would paint something i'm going no that's not going out like that and you know so when you first started on the team they'd paint this box and the lines aren't straight and i'm like going no you know it's not we're not doing that or the circle's wobbly, and I'm like, no, that's not happening. Or they build a hammock, and one leg's kind of crooked, and it's like, no, we got to do over. So there were a lot of do overs initially until they got the hang that the expectations and our standards are pretty high. Very high. So yeah, very high <laughs> very actually. High. And so it's like, yeah, we're you know that's a do over. They'll paint something, and I'm going no. Or to be nice. They don't know, and they leave, and I fix it, or, <laughs> or it know. just kind of, yeah, now they know. They listen, or you ditch it and do over and start it all over just because it's, it's you know, it's it's us. It's our, you know, it's our brand for, for our zoo. So you want it out there being top of the line, which our zoo is, and so that's our expectation as well Definitely. for us. Yeah, so we have artists on here. We have uh, elementary teachers. We have... Um, uh, CFOs of former jobs. Um, we have uh, actually art people. We have a person who is an artist for Trader Joe's. Oh, awesome. And, yeah, cool. so she painted a big mural. Wait, did she do the one at yeah. Trader Joe's right yeah. now? There's yeah, a hippo. Yeah. I was, I want, yeah, with the hippo. Yes, I was yeah, walking through with Lincoln the other day and I was looking at like the produce down below and he noticed. He's like, Mommy, hippo! And I'm like, what are you talking about? And yeah. he had a point before I even like noticed it, but my little guy noticed yeah. it. I was like, wow, that's really well done. I wonder that's, who does this. Yeah, that's Liz. Oh, She's that's so cool. Uh -huh. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, so we have a lot of that. And, and, and maintenance and horticulture help us out tenfold because we help chase with the brows and we cut oh, brows yes. and, and we box up for those that don't know, we box up brows, what, three, four times a year that we mm -hmm. freeze for the winter so that our animals have, uh, greenery to eat during the winter time so we have a lot of brows that we help them cut which our giraffe love you for that so, by the way so yeah so we we do a lot of that and then we take whatever's cut down like when you cut down trees and so forth we'll change those into perches for our birds so perching mm -hmm. devices and uh, we'll slice and dice them up to make bird hanging toys uh, for our birds as well so we use a lot of those instead of just throwing those things in a dumpster we'll uh, repurpose a lot of those kinds of you know things also 
That's so. what I think I love about it is you guys do repurpose a ton and you make sure to use any scraps for something else when possible. Yeah, so our construction team, we've got a lot of construction going on right now. So they're awesome. So they, they um, gosh, this was what last summer they said, okay, this one they started down here at the room to roam the elephant building and so forth in Construction was everywhere, and they said, well, we got all this stuff. Can you use any of this stuff? So I drove down to where they were putting it all, and it was like PVC, and I'm like, oh, yes. Perfect. (laughs) So they brought all their unused PVC, so plumbers out there, when you have, you know, two feet left, anything two feet or larger, we'll take it. Schedule 40. Um, So, But uh, basically, they put a lot of that down there, which saved us about $5,000 in terms of costs and so forth. Amazing, and all of it from going to the... Dump, yeah, dump. well, we yeah. used to yeah we used to dumpster dive, and I used to pull stuff out. <laughs> of the but now we've got to coordinate, so everybody knows before they throw it out, they call, and so I get a lot of emails. Hey, could you use this? And they'll send pictures and so forth. And uh, and our donors, our members, our guests, everybody sends emails now because they know. And what's really nice is, is a lot of our members and guests have birthdays, and so even their kids, in lieu of birthday gifts, they'll bring enrichment uh, items and so forth. Oh, do that that's kind very of stuff. Cool. So that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely a fun so, way to celebrate. If right. you want to have a birthday party oh, yeah. for your child here at the zoo, you can help with enrichment. Right, right. Yeah. So they do those kinds of things also. So we have, you know, so material-wise, it's really nice that people, you know, it's a, a very coordinated effort. And so maintenance will help us because a lot of times we build stuff like the snowmen. I couldn't get them in my car. Yeah. <laughs> I made them too big. And sometimes we can't get them out the door, so we have to go out the garage door. <laughs> so it's like, oops, okay, that's a little too large. So um, so they help out a lot and, and carry things up. So the one uh, that we had was for the cat show, uh, the cat encounter, where they had the murder mystery and they had the dead zebra on the oh, ground. Yeah. So that was funny. We had built that. And uh, so maintenance had helped us get it up. So I hit it in the truck, and we all stood there and looked at each other and went, we better cover this up. They're going to think that's real. <laughs> we're bringing a dead zebra in a truck up Forest Hill. And so we are like, oh, my gosh. you know. And good thing we thought about it because that would have been on all Facebook. Over. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Everywhere. So right. City Barn is not on zoo proper. Like, it's right. actually on Vine Street. If anybody's driven by, it's really beautifully painted with Charlie Harper um, paintings on it. But yeah, so you guys had elite. You were not on zoo grounds. zoo grounds. How to drive up Vine Street with this really realistic looking dead zebra? Zebra, so yeah. Covered it up. I've gotten questions before, like here at the zoo, like my son or daughter just wanted me to double check, like that zebra wasn't well, real actually had a in, sign. The, in the cat show, right? They actually, yeah. have a no. sign up there by the cat counter show that says this is not real. <laughs> they actually put a sign. What up. What was that made out of? Obviously not paper well, mache. Well, yeah, some of well, we start with paper mache balls, and so. What's nice is, is we use the exercise balls oh, to get the yeah. big balls, so you don't, mm-hmm. so we don't have, we can reuse those over and over again. So you again, like pull the plug, you pull the plug okay. and pull them out. So uh, it's a sustainability. So, uh, you know, repurposing the PVC, dumpster diving, those kinds of things. So we repurpose stuff, and so like even like the tigers that have the barrels that they like to roll, when they're done, we'll take them back and then we'll. Um, you repurpose them and reuse them for other things, so they at least get another <laughs> another shot at it. Right. Um, but we did that, and then we did zoopoxy, which is like a resin oh, that you okay. put over so it to do the shape, so it's waterproof. Okay. And then we use some PVC stuff. So yeah. Yeah, that's so right. And it got a, it got a face realistic. lift and got a butt lift there. <laughs> the animals had to chew through them a little bit, so we had to fix those a little bit. But yeah, so it turned out pretty good. Cool. You can't blame the cheetahs. They no, thought it was so real. Yeah, they were yeah. like, this is a real zebra. I better so, start chewing. But yeah, so we had that in the truck with the head out, and so they are sitting out, and we all looked at each other and went, okay, that won't be good. <laughs> so...
PR nightmare. But our team, you know, just a really nice, well-rounded group of people, and you know, um, we had a episode down in not an episode, but uh, uh, the primate group needed a little help with some enrichment right away. They were doing some training and they needed some things immediately, and called the team up and said, "Hey, can you come in tomorrow?" And had ten people showed up, and it's amazing, you know, to help make you know what they needed to make to help them out down there so our team is really a very very good group of people yes definitely. definitely like we said we can count on you guys to get things yeah, done especially yeah. when it's you know not just for fun but but i mean you, you know it, sure. and everybody in the zoo um, you know helps out because you know you call maintenance they'll help horticulture helps out um we need some bamboo um poles and you know they'll say okay we can come over here and we'll have them there by thursday or whatever so everybody's really really nice yeah. to work yeah. together. So it works yeah. out really well. The dedication and the passion that you guys have for our animals is very clearly evident in the work that you guys do and is very much appreciated. Do you have like a, a favorite project of yours that you guys have done or oh, one that really sticks out in your mind? There's so many. There's I'm sure so it's hard many. to choose one. I don't one. even know. <laughs> I can't even think. I know for um, me personally, I loved the paper mache uh, warthog that you guys did. Oh. We gave it to the lions. The John had the best time with it. <laughs> it was so good. Also, those are fun. I think um, when they're they're actually making uh, zebras right now for your painted dogs for uh, the Sunday uh, chats yeah, the that you have, the enrichments yeah. that you have, and so they're finishing those up. And uh, so they're really funny when they first started making those. You know, they look at me and they're like this is going to be a what? You know, because I'll tell them, okay, put this here, put this here, put this here, and paper mache that, and it doesn't look anything like it's going to look. And they, they keep going, what? What's this going to be? <clears throat> be patient. It'll come out okay. So when they first made their zebras, it took a really long time to put the legs up and so forth, but we had, like, four zebras, and they were on the tables. And, the, and so if you come in the door, the lights are to the left, and it's dark. So you, unless you turn on the lights, it's all dark, but we had the zebras drying and they were upside down with their feet up. So you can imagine four zebras upside down with their feet sticking up. And here's these maintenance guys walking in and go, whoa! <laughs> you know, when they first look at it. But it, it took them quite a while to get this hang of it. Now they can crank out zebras pretty quick. It's very impressive. So, yeah, so, you know, once they get it. But, you know, initially when you, like, the big carrot, that was another one. Um, they were making the carrot and it looked like a rocket. So they kept teasing. They're going, this is a rocket. I said, be patient. It's be You'll be good. No, no, it's a rocket. And I said, no, it's going to be a carrot. So they finally had to paint everything as a carrot. But so for our year end, that was for John for Easter. And so when he came out to attack it, I had the liftoff sound, 10, 9, oh, 8, nice. you know, to make fun of them, making yes. fun that it was a rocket. Right. Oh, so, yeah. So, so it's a lot of fun. And they never know when they walk in what they're doing. So I think that's half the fun too. They're yeah. like, "What are we doing today?" And I said, "Oh, you're going to do this or whatever." And they and what they're they you have to get used to to be on the team, which was tricky for some of them. They start a project, but they might not be the guy that finishes the project. That would be really hard mm. for me. So it's very tricky for people. Like they'll start something, but they don't. And sometimes they don't see it finished because that's what I would. I would at least want to see it. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's why you know the the animal care team. They're really good at sending us pictures so that they can see their end result because they don't always get to see it. They might start it, but they might not finish it because we're trying to crank these things out. Yeah. So that was that was kind of tricky to get people used to doing that because it was like my project. I'm going, no, it's yeah. everybody's project. <laughs> we're getting it done, and it's out the door, you know, kind of thing. 
so. Uh, I don't know how you felt about it because it was probably <clears throat> a ton of work on your end, but I really loved getting to partner with UC and the DAP students. Oh, that was awesome. I mean, it? just like a really cool program as far as it, I think it benefited the zoo. It brought in such new, like awesome new ideas. It was like higher, like technology, higher level of like types of enrichment. And then the <clears throat> students were able to do their own project. Right. That was their entrepreneurial class there and, and David, you know, I think was it wasn't he an adjunct joint with them? I think he taught with them. Oh I, I didn't realize he was teaching. <coughs> I think yeah, he was down David there Norman. with them and worked with them. So okay. it was it was him working with their professor and setting those different teams up and so um just the ideas, just to have the brainstorming ideas of what they wanted to do was pretty awesome because they had a team that maybe had a technology background student on there, but then they had a marketing student on there, mm -hmm. which was interesting, or they had a, a literature person on. So it was people or from engineer. all engineer. Yeah. It was people from every different kind of major you could imagine, and you're like, okay, how did that? But they were teamed up very nicely, so you got a really nice mix of ideas when they were crafting what and brainstorming what they wanted to do in the end, and it turned out really pretty cool. Yeah, it was really collaborative because not only was it like David Orban, who at the time was in charge of the animal welfare, um, and then Jen, you were helping as far as the enrichment side of things, and then also keepers. So myself and Teresa got to be involved, right. and then two people from the birdhouse and two people from night hunters. And so we were working together with college students and, you know, they got to come to the zoo and zoo. see how the enrichment mm -hmm. they made turned out. And yeah, there were some really cool ideas. I'm trying to think of the one we, uh, we had two different ones that ended up being really cool for the giraffe, um, but didn't work out perfectly. And that's part of the program is learning how to work. But like the idea was to have this clear box right attached to the window at giraffe where you could see the giraffe sticking their tongue oh, in yeah. and it was on a timer and so treats would fall like intermittently and it was like a very cool idea. They had a motor and a timer and all sorts of things that just didn't work out as far as like learning how to screw together or glue together this acrylic and all sorts of like little things. Their idea was amazing but it hasn't been completely implemented. Uh, I know Night Hunters, somebody had like a giant boomer ball and I think it had lights and sound so in it. So it had lights and sound and I, saw, I also think it sprayed scent out. Yes, mm. it was and so, so right. as the tigers would, you know, bat that around like cats do, it would either do a sensory, it was a sensory device basically for lighting or sound or... Uh, the scent so which yeah. might seem super easy to somebody <laughs> like oh yeah my dog has a ball like that but this has to be tiger, tiger proof yes well they had a it. remember they had that platform with the springs oh, on it oh, to balance yeah. the tigers and so just to find the right springs that were tiger proof and then the platform had to be two inch plex that you know they couldn't snap in half and you know says you know i don't think people realize the strength of some of these animals yes, i remember yeah. um one of our silverbacks, we did uh, raisin boards, and raisin boards were, an, it's an acrylic board, and you drill holes in it, and then they put raisins in it, and they put it in the refrigerator to freeze, oh, fun. and then they bring the raisins out, and then it's forging, so you take a stick and pick out the raisins. Well, our silverback wasn't having anything to do with that. <laughs> it's too and much he, work. It was too much work, and he'd just take the board and hit it on a rock, which would pop all the raisins out, and but it cracked all the boards. Oh, <laughs> so then we had to find boards that were a lot thicker, so that oh. wouldn't happen. So, I mean, just oh, a little... Gosh. Simple things like that. So you think, oh, this will work. Yep. And then when they do it, you're going, oh, didn't think of that. You know? <laughs> so, yes. Right. So Animal outsmarted us. Right. Outsmarted yeah. us for sure. So, yeah. So when we made some PVC devices, we had one for the primates, which I have to laugh because 
we're looking at it and we had the picture of it and we're like going, how do we make this? And so we're trying to make it and, and it's a PVC and it has holes and you have to twist it so that the hole matches each other, oh, right? Yeah. Okay. And I'm like going, okay. I can't figure this thing out. I can't do this. And so we're trying to make it, and we made one, and the holes didn't quite line up right. It took us like five tries, and we finally made it. So we get it over to the primates, and um, they hook it up, and I think it was Gladys, the one of our gorilla, young gorillas. <laughs> she just took it, and bam, it's there. And I'm like, going, all right, something's wrong here. <laughs> you know, she figured you know, it out. It took us like five tries to make sure we had it right, and she's like, bam, it's there. And we're like... Okay, this didn't work out the way we were thinking, so it was kind of funny. Oh, that's so, so yeah. fun. Yeah, and you so, get to, like, help all the animals in the zoo and be a part yeah, of Yeah, you'd be a part yeah. of all of it. So it's really kind of, it's really neat. That's it's awesome. really neat to do. I'm sure some, those are some of the funnest experiences, though, right? When it doesn't go to plan. Like, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't go to plan. <laughs> and, and that can happen, and, you know, and it's a do-over, and that's all right. But, you know, that gives you, you know, the revision, like, you make it, and then you go, oh, we could have made it this way better. So then the next time you get that request, you up your game. So each time we keep up in the game. Yeah, yeah so, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. And you guys do all the fire hose enrichment too as well. Yes, right? we're uh, really fortunate, Cincinnati Fire Department, and then we have a really good collaborative with the Warren County Fire Departments. They all um, end up giving their hoses up to the King's uh, Fire Department. They drop them off there, so we only have one location to pick up. And so they call us, and St. Bernard calls us as well, just down the road, and say, hey, we got some hose here. And so we grab all their hoses and, and bring them down. And so, yeah, we're we're really good at making fire hose hammocks. We yeah. made fire hose pumpkins for Halloween this oh, year. Um, so, uh, so we have wreaths, and it's, for, it's a great foraging device, so you can do some... Uh, Reese out of that for foraging, but the hammocks I think are the the big hit. That so night hunters has yeah. I was gonna say I remember being in night hammers. hunters. Yeah. Every one of the cats yeah, every loves one of the those firehouse hammocks. Yeah, so they have their hammocks. So yeah, we've made over a hundred of those I'm sure throughout the time. So we average about 150 fire hose a year. That wow, we go wow. Mm-hmm. that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot. It's deceiving. I don't think people realize. No. You know, between drunk jungle trails and primates, and then what we do, yeah, it's quite a quite a bit of fire hose that you go through. Uh-huh. So it's really nice the fire departments. They give us a call and say, "Hey, yeah," and we're like, "Okay." We go pick it up and have it stored down mm-hmm. at the barn. Yeah, we have one of the big fire hose cubes over at Giraffe. It's really nice because sometimes the, now that the boys are getting a little bit older and kind of coming into age, we'll see Finn and Theo. We'll see them kind of headbutting and wrestling with the fire hose Fires. cube. Sometimes it's heavy. other times it is heavy, <laughs> but it also works out really well because like. The way the openings are, you can also fit brows and different right. food items yes. and stuff right. in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of multi-purpose. Well, you we made a for a little big one. If you remember the yellow fire hose, that's the rubber one. That's really I don't know how the firemen carry. Oh my stuff. gosh! I really yeah, don't full know. of water too. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> I, I just can't even imagine. But we built one for the elephants. Oh. So it was eh, maybe three foot by three foot by three foot. So it's, it had quite a few hose in it. And when we first started building it, we were down in the rainforest. And I went, okay, we're not going to get this out of here. Yeah, so, how are we getting this up the stairs? <laughs> how are we going to get this out of here? So we got the big cart, and we were only not even a quarter of it done. And we were like, okay, we got to get this out of here. So we built it behind the elephant yard there and built it. And the whole time, I think it was Jotty, sat there and watched. Oh, gosh, did she figure out how to unravel and it? So, the so they're building, I mean, you know, you ended up, you're sitting three feet high on this thing. And they had to take the bobcat to get it out because it was so heavy. But the whole time she's watching, you could see her ears moving real slow and so forth. And then when it went out, it was like, it's mine. You know, so it's <laughs> so so fun to watch. I've never seen them with it. Do they oh, still have it or do they destroy um, it? That one, or? I think that one's pretty much beat up by okay. now. 
But oh, I want to see um, if yeah. anyone has so it, to show it, me. And then we have little ones as well that we do. And they don't last as long, but um, yeah, so they like to run. And you know, for us, it's like, you know, three of us, you know, yeah. it takes four of us to pull it tight and get a bullet right and so forth. And, you know, they just take their trunk and go, poof. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's also yeah. enriching for Johnny to get to watch you do but that. But yeah, so she's, she's in like there watching. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Johnny. And she's sitting there <laughs> makes sense. watching. And, and so it was kind of cool. And it was like, you know, yeah, this is for you, you know. And, and as soon as they rolled it out, she was like on it. So, yeah, so it was interesting to see. That's cool. That's and, awesome. it's, and it's fun when you do the browse for us. I was them. just going to yeah. say, that made me think of that. Yeah, so. Um, I didn't know if that, that was you everyone. guys or horticulture. <clears throat> well, the or browse. It's a collaboration. For, it's a collaboration. Okay. But, um, how that started was, actually, we were sitting in our consultant um, from Ireland, Creighton. I can't think of his first name. Gary, right? Gary, Gary, yeah. So he had talked about how they do brows out in the yard and so forth. And she so says, well, we can't do that. We don't even have brows to do that. I said, well, maybe we could do it once a month. And, you know, and that, at that time I was still with horticulture and doing enrichment. So I got with Deb Zurich and I said, okay, is this possible to do that maybe we just, you know, try it once? And she goes, oh, yeah, and Deb Zurich would do anything. She's like, oh, yeah, we'll do whatever. So I said, okay, so we cut down 600 stalks of bamboo. Wow. And we went into the elephant yard, and I completely forgot that the old elephant yard was solid cement. And so what they did was put dirt on top of it. So it was really only like six or eight inches of dirt. Well, we were taking a drill to drill holes to stick the stalks of bamboo. Well, we were hitting the cement. Oh, no. So we were cracking our drills, and we're like, why are we cracking? And I went, oh, yeah, it's cement. <laughs> so anyway, you drill holes, and then we put the stalks in the holes. So it looked like a bamboo forest. So when those elephants came out, and oh my gosh, it was the coolest thing to see and how excited they were to yeah. do that. And so um, so then we kind of routinely started doing that. I with love them. it. That, so, yeah. That's a really that's special, really, yeah. So yeah. it worked out really cool, yeah. And another fun one that's, well, it's definitely enriching, but I was going to say probably more fun for us than them is the elephant um, popcorn blower. So the elephants have to, like, stick their trunk up to this PVC tube, and they blow in order to push popcorn out. So then the popcorn falls. So that actually, that idea came from the Toledo Zoo. Okay. And so you have a 55-gallon barrel, and then on the outside of the barrel you have a 4-inch PVC tube. You have, like, four of them, and it's those PVC tubes that have a grate on the base of it, and you put the popcorn in it. And then they put their trunk up underneath that PVC grate and blow, and then it blows the popcorn out. It's just uh, so, so smart that it's they, so like, fun to they watch. figure that out. Yeah. It'd probably take me a day to figure so, out that I need to blow up towards yeah, and then they did, And then they actually did it for a gender reveal. Okay, so that's what so, I wanted to yeah. get onto. So I forget, how did what did they use for just it that paper. was colored? They okay, paper. colored they paper. They put colored paper in and they just blew it out. So yeah, so that was pretty cute. So one of the elephant manager's daughters right. was able to reveal her, her baby's baby gender, gender using the elephants and their enrichment. And yeah, it's just so, so that was cool. Yeah. I, and I don't know if it's true, but I think, aren't we offering that if people wanted to yeah. do that? Yes. You can actually uh-huh. you can contact actually the do zoo. Something. Contact the zoo, do something. <laughs> and announce like your baby. Right. <laughs> <coughs> right. Elephants, like, what a better like, way to do it, honestly. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that was pretty, that was a cool one. That uh, was a, yeah. that was a good device. Yeah. So that was fun. And I think it's fun because not only does it like they have to use their brain to get the popcorn out, but then it goes everywhere, so then they have to forage. Forage so for it. Them busy right. Too. Yeah. So it does. Yeah, it's a double whammy. Yeah. Form. So yeah, so that works out well. Cool. Well. You got anything else? Any more stories or anything you want to share? Oh, with there's us? lots of no? stories. Otherwise, I'm sure you guys I'll say I've got stories, right? <laughs> oh, 
so yeah, so no, it's it's just a wonderful group of people, and we're very fortunate that you guys allow us to do. Oh, this we're stuff. just we're so fortunate for yeah. you guys. I hope we're, you know. You know that. It's just it's just an awesome it's an awesome opportunity. We'll be. Um, I'm not sure when if this will air before or after Fiona's birthday, but you guys will be the team that's going to help. Um, make the glass pretty and make a, a giant card for people people to sign for Fiona's birthday. So if you guys see that when you come, or if you come for Fiona's birthday or see it on videos, that was our volunteer enrichment team. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys more than you'll ever know. Yes. I, I promise you. You know, enrichment Definitely. has really come a long way in my oh. career here. And it was always a thing, but it wasn't mandatory, which I'm so glad that it is. And it wasn't required. systemic. Yes, yeah. yeah. And now it is, because it's, our team is actually a part of the animal department. Mm -hmm. We actually have an email and a phone, and yes. you know, so we're actually a part, and we're assigned a curator, so it's a systemic operation, mm -hmm. so it's not an add-on. Yes. It's actually integrated and systemic, which is why it makes it work. Yeah. Right, and mm -hmm. it needs, enrichment is so important, whether or not a zoo has their own volunteers that help with it, like, right. all the animals yeah. need it, so we've seen a huge... Huge difference from before you guys existed to paper mache to now baby gender reveal devices. <laughs> but um, and yes, it's so appreciated, and we're so lucky to have it. Because as a keeper myself, I find myself kind of get like stuck in a rut with enrichment. Sometimes, you know, you work with the same animals day in and day out, and sometimes it's easy to kind of get caught in a routine where you find yourself re repeating enrichment items or doing the same thing kind of over and over. But like having you guys as an asset and a tool to reach out to. It gives us such an easy way to mix things up and give animals items that are novel and new and fresh and that they really enjoy. So it's definitely very, very thankful to have you guys on our end for sure. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Do you have trivia today? Yeah, I do have some trivia uh -oh. for you guys, Jen, if you're up for it. If you're up for it. <laughs> okay, Jenna. <laughs> so we've, we've actually done this same set of trivia once before. We're switching it up with new animals. So uh -oh. it's different animals around the zoo. And you guys are going to have to guess their favorite enrichment. Oh. Okay. Favorite enrichment items for animals uh, around the zoo. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was I think it was with David Orban. Yes. Who we did this with once yeah, before. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So if you guys are up for it, if you humor me. I'm pumped. It's not numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in the animal ambassador team, they take care of a tawny frogmouth named Irwin. What do you think Irwin's favorite enrichment is? Mm. A tawny frog mouth. Mm. From what I've cool seen. little birds. Yeah, I have a guess. If you have one, I'll, you can go first. No, I don't have a guess. Go ahead. The only the reason I am guessing this is because I've seen videos of him taking like a a mist bath. Mist bath. Yeah. You're exactly yeah. right. Yeah, exactly right. So Irwin really enjoys taking a bath. They have a little sprinkler mister that they kind of set up for him. And apparently he just plays around right. in it all day. I've seen the videos, <laughs> but I've, videos. Yeah, I've yeah. seen some videos on social media. You guys definitely have to check them out if you are friends with the zoo on social media. All right, another one. Not necessarily uh, a favorite enrichment item, but one that I thought was, it kind of blew my mind when I heard it. So our tamanduas, they can go on walks through the zoo. We've heard this from some of our guests. You know, the tamanduas can go on walks through the zoo. They really enjoy it. What's one of their favorite stops around the zoo that they like to play at? A favorite stop for the tamanduas. Oh, I have a guess. I don't... Boy, I don't have a guess at all. I just see them walking up the one strip there, but I don't see them necessarily stopping. 
Go ahead. Is it the playground in Children's Zoo? It is the playground. <laughs> ah, yeah, because they like to climb yeah. around. You're yeah. Good. yeah. They do. They like to climb around. That's fun. So they I was look- trying to think where they stopped by a tree. Like, <laughs> what tree could they grab that they would let them go up? Because right. once they were up, they couldn't get them back down. Exactly. That's their goal, yeah. though, right. to have that happen. Yeah. Exactly. So the Tamandos, great climbers, like you right. said. That instead of letting them climb a tree, they'll let them climb the playground, playground. equipment, which I have not seen video. I don't know if videos uh, are out there. I haven't seen the videos of it. I don't but know if they are. I'd love to see that'd one. Be, yeah, that'd be like, <laughs> I'm assuming I've seen one or my brain wouldn't have thought of that, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Another animal that we have at the zoo, one of our favorite cheetahs, Nia. What is her favorite enrichment item that she enjoys playing with? You know this? I think so. Jenna's on fire with the enrichment. I love enrichment. (laughs) So it's actually a device? It's a toy, just a toy that she likes to play with. All I see him, I see him a lot with the balls rolling around. Yep. Soccer ball. Yep, soccer ball. You guys got it, yeah. She's a big uh, soccer fan. Huge FC Cincy (laughs) fan. She's, (laughs) She's an aspiring FC player, I'm sure. FC could use some speed on the pitch. They should have have Nia. She could give him a hand. Great with the soccer ball. Last one I got, which I'm curious because Jenna probably knows better than I do, but what do you guys think is Fritz's favorite enrichment item? Oh my gosh, he's a hoot. He is a hoot, Uh, that's for sure. He's such a great personality. Oh boy, Adam, boy. Holy cow. Oh my gosh. He is just too funny. I mean, just his running around. He's hilarious. Yeah. Going after people in the backside. <laughs> <laughs> Going after his sister or his yeah. mom. Or <laughs> so, um, I don't know, Jenna, what is that? What would that what be? Well, that's hard to answer because literally any toy, he will spend hours yeah. and hours. He was rolling one of um, the logs. Yeah, logs. we have stumps yeah, and logs. logs. Yeah. And he just starts rolling those. I think I've seen that. If mm-hmm. I were going to say his favorite, the only reason. I don't know. I think they're pretty head. equal, but I would say this: the green cylinder. The cylinder. So that's what I was gonna say too. <laughs> because it's the like smallest, and he can get his mouth around it and push it the easiest. But the giant ball, He'll the giant cylinder. Yes, and I'm not kidding. Like one morning, I walked in at 7 a.m. and could not get him to leave the pool until close to 9 a.m. Usually, he comes out and he says hi and he eats breakfast and he just played until his mouth was raw i had to keep i wasn't i didn't let him have a toy for two days because he (laughs) He would just like and i'm sure bb wanted to just smack Smack him like (laughs) i don't know if she got me sleep but it makes me so happy because he is so independent and like entertains himself so well so yeah i i would say the green cylinder but any toy Giant ball, anything I mean, yeah, that he can he push. Just, yeah, nods his yeah. goes yes. after it. I, I'm glad you said that because, as my experience, I'm not quite over as, at Hippo as often as you are, so I wasn't exactly sure what you thought. But yeah, the couple times I've been over there and I'm given that green cylinder, he has a field day. Yes. I mean, literally, Jenna's not exaggerating. He will spend an hour without stopping. You think it's the shape stopping. or you think it's partly the color? Or no, I don't. The only thing I think of for the green one specifically is the shape. It's it's like... It's more his size, right? More his size. Yeah, yeah. what do you think? Like a 12-inch diameter, okay. maybe? Because um, some of our other items are designed for our for adult hippos. Yeah, for yeah. the adult hippos. Yeah. So they're, and this one has holes in it, so we put food in it and, and maybe can, can push it around. around. And like, well, any of them can. But yeah, he gets yeah. into the water and he does not stop. 
It's he's so fun. He has a field day. <laughs> he's <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> he's got a I love it. Jenna, oh, we conjure a wheelhouse enrichment. Yes. Perfect today. I mean, I hope so. It's like one of my favorite parts about our job and it's animal related. So okay, I finally did well on a quiz. I love it. Um, or on trivia. Okay, Jen, so we want to end the episode with what can I do? Is there something you do at home um, that is good for the environment? Um, what do you wow. do? What can I do to help? What can I do? We all can't make incredible, perfect enrichment items like you, so we <laughs> need to know something that we can do in our own Everybody homes. has a talent that they can do something <laughs> there. Um, what I do at home is there's a lot of electronics that you leave on. Your printers, your computers, you have a TV in a room or an Xbox in a room. Um, so you got a lot of those devices that are lit up but not being used, and so that draws a lot of juice. Uh, so what I do is I take search protectors and I plug them all into there in that room. So I only have one switch to turn off so I don't have to pull plugs all over the place so or smart. hit buttons all over the place. And so if I'm not in that room for, you know, a day or whatever, all of those devices are turned off, unless, of course, you're charging them. But the search protector also protects them because it's a surge protector for storms and so forth. But it shuts down all the draw off of those electric devices. So I have that throughout my house. I love that. We even talked about that one. It saves you money. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think, Definitely you know, a hundred a year, actually, yeah. which is a lot when you think about how easy, easy. it right. is. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, just switch one button off. And then it's also good for the environment. Like, obviously, we want well, how can that help? So you're saving electricity. You're not using, you know, or, like making as much CO2. Yeah, you're cutting your use from the power grid. The power grid's obviously drawing from like fossil fuels and CO2 emissions, so you're cutting down on all that. That's genius, because like you said, it's so easy. I love that you're drawing on your technology background. Yeah. Me, as someone who's completely <laughs> clueless about this, this is something I've got to introduce in my place, because I have... I don't think I have a single search protector. I gotta go invest in one. <laughs> I gotta go buy one. It's an easy one. It's an easy way right. to save money. Well, and, it, and it's just one button then versus yes. having to pull plugs all over the place. So and then have to, like, bend down and, bend down and <laughs> plug them in. Plug back mm -hmm. in. So, you know, so you just have them set up in various areas. But, you know, I mean, it draws a lot. So. That's smart, yeah, because yeah. just turning off the lights, we always say, is helpful. But turning right. off your TV, you're still drawing energy, you know, any of those things. So yeah. I love that. It helps the environment and your wallet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and we're all only using more and more technology, you know, with every no day, kidding. it seems like. So keep using it. I know what I'm doing this weekend. I'm going, finding a search protector, <laughs> getting, gonna, getting all my stuff on a better grid. I'm going to follow up with you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love it. That's great. Thank you so much for being here, well, Jen, and all that you do and your team. Appreciate we really it. Appreciate Thank it. you for having me. Yeah. Definitely. Thanks for sharing your stories. I hope the listeners got as much of a kick out of it as we do just hearing about it. But yeah, and hopefully fun. you guys will recognize some of the stuff that they do. If you visit the zoo, you'll see the different devices. If that. you visit the zoo, you'll see it. If you can't visit the zoo, check out the zoo's social media page. Oh, There's yeah. plenty on Facebook and Instagram of videos of our animals interacting with some of the enrichment that Jen's team has made. So it's pretty incredible. Definitely yes. worth a watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We hope you have a fantastic day. Yeah, take care. Until next time, guys. <laughs>